When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys. Baldy, let's shift gears and talk about the game plan. You heard Nick talk a little bit about matriculating down the field. I want to get your thoughts about the Chiefs and how you think they attack this defense. Andy Reid is one of the all-time greats, right? He'll figure it out. Whether they execute it or not is going to be the question. But I want to hear from you. How do you establish the run early? They've got McKinnon back. They've got uh, Clyde Allaire, you know, Edwards back. Uh, They've got their run guys if they want to attempt to do that. But a lot of people would say, Baldy, you're silly if you're going to try to do that to the Eagles because they're so stout, although they've shown a weakness there against the run. What are you doing if you're the Chiefs breaking down how important it is for the Chiefs to try to establish the run in this game? Well, the good thing for the Chiefs is they've gone up against Jacksonville and Cincinnati. And in those games, both those teams played a lot of five-man defensive fronts. And that's what the Eagles play, uh, at least on first down. And the Chiefs had a great deal of trouble running the ball on first down against Cincinnati. So, I mean, they just didn't get movement, Carl. And then they had a hard time trying to figure out how to get the safety blocked. And so they had, you know, whether it was Hilton, Hilton or Jesse Bates, they, they had a hard time getting them out of there. So sometimes you can throw it uh, to loosen them up and then run it. Um, that That's a formula that Andy, uh, you know, basically specializes at. I The Eagles, they, they're going to dress 10 defensive linemen, Carl. They dress 10 in the championship game. And they all play. They all play. And they're all healthy. Mm. You know, Robert Quinn was traded for – He's got over 100 career sacks, right? He's been a very good player. He has done very little in Philadelphia. He got hurt when he got there, but he's healthy right now. You know, and Dominic Kitsu has played a lot. He's played in these Super Bowl games. Yeah. He knows it just takes one play. Um, Jordan Davis, the rookie from Georgia, is healthy. He's going to play. Like, they're 10 deep, and they're going to rotate him. So the idea that I've heard people say, well, they should go no huddle and tire the defense line out. All right. Maybe for a series. Maybe. That's a hard way to make a living. So this this is a challenge for Isaiah Pacheco and Jet McKinnon. And if Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's healthy now, and if he's active, I think they're going to have a hard time running the ball against them. They ran for 47 yards against the Cincinnati Bengals, Carl. Now, they're very good up front. They're very good against the run. Um, the Eagles are a little better in the secondary, I think, than Cincinnati is. So we'll see if they can throw it against them like they did against Cincinnati, which where they had success. And MVS had one of his best games ever. Let's shift gears and talk about what Spags is going to do. Spagnolo against this Eagles offense. So it starts right with, with containing the RPO with Jalen, right? I mean, that's, that's their bread and butter. 
And if Jalen gets going now, you've got to defend him, which adds a whole nother element. So what are you doing on the ends or, or up the middle, you know, to try to slow that down a little bit, Baldy? I don't think you stop it, but you can't allow him to pick up those crucial third downs or for that matter, you know, for them to get that going. And then all of a sudden play action, boom, and they're hitting you down the field. It's a great question, Carl. I mean, I've known Spags a long time. Um, his cover three, you know, formula is on my whiteboard in my office. Um, the year that he was out of football, he spent a lot of time up there. Um, you know, he studied you, you, before Spags went to Kansas City, Carl. He uh, he studied. He was out of football for a year, and he spent the year studying the college game. Hmm. And a lot of it was the spread and the RPO game, Carl. Because that's what's going on there, right? Because that's all. It all came to the NFL, and the Eagles are very good at it. And Jalen is excellent. Jalen is uh, he's an excellent decision maker when it comes to that. Um, you know, whether to to give it, to throw it, to pull it, and run it. Um, he's really a triple option threat. Um, it really gave San Francisco at times, not all the time, at times it gave him a lot of problems. I mean, you see Nick Bosa and Fred Warner just frozen, you know, just waiting to see where the ball's going. They didn't know. And so the, they got a couple things going. One, they've got great speed at linebacker, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. I mean, tremendous speed. So even mm -hmm. if they're frozen for a second, they've got makeup speed. Um, Spags is the king. Like Nick just talked about Legereus Sneed with the sack. He's excellent at picking and choosing his blitzes, and a lot of his blitzes come from the secondary, where you get speed to the quarterback, not necessarily a big guy where you mug the A-gaps and, all right, who's coming, who's not coming. He he likes to blitz off the slot and off the corners with speed, and Legereus is a 4-3 guy. Um, so that's one way. It was amazing to watch the AFC Championship game, Carl, and to see when Legereus Snead got hurt on the fourth play of the game, that Joshua Williams came in. They ended up playing four rookies in the secondary. Four. Not one or two, but Jalen Watson, you know, and Joshua Williams and Brian Cook. I mean, four rookies were playing, Trent McDuffie, and they were all really well coached up. They played the ball in the air very well. They gave up the one touchdown to T. Higgins. So, you know, if I'm if I'm Jalen and I'm looking out there at Joshua Williams or Jalen Watson, I'm like, I like my matchup with A.J. Brown. And Devontae Smith, I think he's going to take his shots down the field against Bags in those corners, regardless of what he does up front to him. Yeah, I I want to know what you think about. I keep hearing this, and you know, I've gone back, I've watched some some more of the Eagles because I just wanted to dive in, and I keep hearing, you know, that their their weakness from a defensive standpoint is their linebackers, right? That you're going to be able to match up against those linebackers, White Edwards, and complete plays against them. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like that? And again, when we say weakness, look, this defense is great. But if you're looking at ways to attack it, you've got to find those those points where you can go, all right, hey, we can make some hay here. Do you feel that way with those linebackers? A little bit. I mean, it's it, look, T.J. Edwards, um, first of all, if you need a linebacker, just go to Wisconsin. They, <laughs> they come out every year, and that's where T.J.'s from. I know GM's in the league, Carl, that said if the Eagles ever decided to part ways with T.J. Edwards, they would sign that guy as a priority free agent. I mean, mm. never comes off the field, never gets hurt, leads the league, leads the team in tackles every year. I mean, he's a great, he's a very good underrated player. But what you're saying is the Eagles play a lot of dime linebackers, right? Where it's just TJ, five man defense front. They'll walk Chauncey Gardner Johnson up or Marcus Epps, one of the one of the safeties up to play linebacker. And so you can attack them because they're undersized there. 
in the run game. That's one thing. Um, you know, this this Kelsey Mahomes connection is unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, even the touchdown to Kelsey against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship game, it looked like it was just kind of a like it was, it was an unscripted play. It was a fourth and one play, and they took the the guys that were running short routes away, and Mahomes just bought some time. They moved the pocket, and you know Kelsey goes one on one with Jesse Bates in the end zone and just throws it away from the safety, and and Kelsey comes down with it. Like a lot of their plays, they're kind of unscripted. So that's a part of the field that you're talking about that can be exploited, I believe, in this game. And because, but not necessarily for big plays, although Kelsey's excellent after the catch. You just have to make sure you tackle the catch. You know, as soon as Kelsey catches it, you got to attack him. You got you can't miss. I want your offensive lineman brain right now. It's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursday. This is leading up to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. We've got Eagles. We've got Chiefs Sunday, and I cannot wait. So from an offensive lineman standpoint, what makes Kelsey and Lane Johnson so good on that Eagles offensive line? They're not the only ones, but they are arguably the best ones, okay? What makes them so good uh, from an offensive lineman standpoint, Baldwin? Well, first, to, to begin with, Carl, they're the two best athletes at their positions in the NFL. So that's a combination of power. That's a combination of speed. Like, you know, Lane Johnson, I still think he has the fastest 40 time hmm. of any offensive lineman to come through the draft. He came out in 2013. He ran in the low four sevens. He runs faster than every defensive lineman he goes up against. And I, I look, I, I'm friends with Lane. I work out in his house. His barn's always open to me. So I see him all the time. He never stops training ever. Like, even the, during this injury, like the training never, never ends. But, you know, Kelsey is an amazing player, Carl. Like he's been there 12 years. When you see him run and like he's blocking Dre Greenlaw in the NFC championship game, Dre Greenlaw runs as, as fast as any linebacker in this league. And he's on him and Dre Greenlaw can't get off him. Mm. Like Kelsey's running step for step with them, blocking them down the field. They're the two best athletes at their positions. They run better. They're balanced. They're never on the ground. Um, Kelsey's a little undersized, but, you know, his power and how he hits people, knocking, you know, Nick Bosa to the ground, he still is a very powerful guy. So it starts with that. And even if you go back to five years ago, the championship game against the Patriots, Super Bowl 52, um, you watch those guys athletically in that game. That was a problem for the Patriots all game long and how they were able to get to the second levels, how they're able to pull and lead on the perimeter. Um, They have an ability – to really stretch the running game, literally, Carl, from sideline to sideline because of their ability to run. We talk about Kelsey. We got to give flowers to Dallas Goddard. I think he's incredible. Um, And I don't know if he gets the love that he deserves with what he does in this offense. I actually think he might be, you know, and 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 we talk about these, you know, the the guys that are going to be the difference makers. He might be the guy that has two touchdowns in this game from Jalen Hurts. Once they, if they're able to get into the red zone and score, because he's so reliable, and I know Hurts trust him. Yeah, talk about Goddard a little bit, and and what he does for this Eagles offense. Well, you're spot on, Carl. I mean, really, your your scout report is very good. Um, first of all, he, you know, we we call a, a real tight end one that lines up next to the offensive tackle blocks. We call them a Y, a true Y. He's a true Y. Like mm-hmm. he can he can block the edges. 
if he's in a combo block with Lane Johnson or uh, Jordan Malata, like he, he, he can take guys off the line of scrimmage. He's a very good blocker. He's big. He's got big hands. He's a big target. He's got a big reach. Um, they run a lot of different plays for him, Carl. They'll run um, tight end drags across the formation like he's coming in a motion to block, and they'll drag him out. They'll run tight end delays where he's there blocking, blocking, delay, you know, screen to him. They'll run the seam routes, you know, the, the bang eights and the seams to, to him. They, they get the ball to him a variety of ways, and you're absolutely correct in that Jalen loves him. And I remember when he got hurt. He got hurt. The Eagles were 8-0, and they were playing the Washington Commanders. That's the game they lost to start the season. And in that game, Goddard got hurt. And it was like, even though they, they lost the game and it was one loss, there was a hush over the whole Philadelphia team when he went out. Like, how are we going to, mm. you know, manufacture that position of Dallas Goddard? And he was out for like six weeks, and they figured it out. But the concern for the offense was was real was real Carl real like okay how do we how do we patch the blocking how do we how do we figure this out without him because he is such an integral part and when you think about AJ and Devontae on the outside or however they run those guys you you cannot take your eyes off Goddard because he will beat you in sack I think in every game he's played this year he's had at least one reception of 14 yards or more so you know that's that's pretty significant um, it's not, you know, every player. He, he's a guy that you have to pay attention to. So the one reason why I'm leaning Eagles in this game is because they have something I don't think the, the, the Chiefs have. And, you know, Nick alluded to this when we were talking with him about the gambling aspect of, of what you want to bet on. You just mentioned it. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, right? They've got guys that can test you deep. And Randy Moss used to say, right, take the top off the defense. Chiefs don't have anybody that scare me right now, Baldy. They just don't. So even though I'm afraid of their quarterback and his ability to do all that stuff he does, they don't scare me where I go, hey, we could get beat deep. We got to be careful. And because the Eagles do, I'm leaning Eagles because I think that adds an element for them with the run game and, and, and hurts. All the things you just talked about with Goddard that gives them a, an advantage in this game. I re, I truly believe that. I don't think I don't think you take everybody away, Carl. I don't think. I mean, I saw a play last week where Cincinnati or Kansas City, you know, doubled three different players for Cincinnati. All right, with three man rush, you give a three man rush to Jalen Hurts now. Um, you give him a lot of lanes to go just run and just pull it down for ten yards, get a fresh set of downs because he'll see that. Now that's not what Joe Burrow does. Um, he threw right. the ball, but you know, that's what Jalen does. So you really, I mean, Spag's going to mix it up, but you know, there was a, there was a game this year. And I know you remember Carl against Pittsburgh where AJ Brown caught three touchdown passes. All of them were go Deep. routes. Yes. And Pittsburgh had no answer. You know, if like Jalen, I, and, and after that game, cause he had been doing that all season. And I said, Jalen might be the best deep ball thrower in the NFL. Now you can argue Josh Allen or any of these Mahomes, any of these guys, that's fine. But, you know, he really trusts his guys to go up and get a 50-50 ball. And, and Devontae is extremely athletic. Um, AJ, same thing. And it really started week one against Detroit. Like, his ability just to throw go balls to these guys. Mm. All right. You know, it's you, you get these chunk plays out of the offense. And they just feel like they've gone for it on fourth down this year, Carl, counting the postseason 35 times. 
They've converted 25 out of 35 times. Um, so they're not afraid to play four down territory. Like, you know, in that, in that uh, NFC championship game, they went for it on fourth and one at their own 34 yard line, you know, in the first half in a seven, seven game, they don't fear the fourth down. So our teams won't go deep, you know, on first down because they're like, well, you know, it puts us in a bind. We're behind the sticks. So Eagles don't think like that. They'll go for it on first down, first and 10, and take the, the shot because they, they feel confident that they got three more downs where they could go get a first down. Um, It's silly to even debate, you know, a coaching advantage. Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer. But going into this single game, is there something that Nick Sirianni – is doing, has been doing, that maybe you feel like gives the Eagles an advantage? Because, you know, we're going to talk about these two coaches, and everybody knows the history now. I think most people do. If you don't, you know, when Big Red comes into Kansas City, Sirianni's there. He doesn't retain him on the staff. It's been talked about this week. And Sirianni said, hey, look, I pay all respects to to Andy Reid. He showed me a lot about how to handle those situations, and I understand why I wasn't retained. I didn't like it, but I understand. Is there any advantage – Either way, because Andy's been here and done that, or Sirianni because he hasn't, there's no fear? I don't think so. I think the only advantage Andy has is he's got Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. You know, um, yeah, you know, the, the connection between Andy and Patrick and, you know, plays that, you know, they've been there together for five years as starters, you know, and we've seen the best five-year run of every any quarterback coach ever in the history of the game, the highest quarterback rating, all this stuff. But that, that's the only advantage. But the one thing about Nick that has impressed me this year, Carl, is not only is he prepared and has his team prepared, but they've got a lot of good answers to the test, whether it's fourth downs, whether it's game-specific situations. He doesn't look unprepared. You don't see unnecessary timeouts being called. You don't see indecision, whether to challenge, not challenge. He's not a big guy to challenge plays. Um, he's got a quarterback that looks totally in command, and they have a good relationship. And, you know, Nick um, is a guy that doesn't call plays. He, he he hands that off to Shane Steich and Jonathan Gannon. He's in charge of the game and the flow of the game. And so Nick has really impressed me by just the subtle things that you need to do to win the down, to win the situation, not always to win the game because they've, they've blown a lot of teams out this year. But I've been impressed the game plans. The only thing I would say, Carl, is there are some games where you go, what are you doing, Nick? Why aren't you just handing the ball off to Miles Sanders? He'll, sure. He'll do that from time to time, and they'll come out and just throw it, and you go, you didn't even try to run the ball. And he has done that going, going back to last year's playoff loss to Tampa. And so that's the only question mark. Will Nick have like a really smart game plan where he's not waiting to the second quarter to get into or, or, or halftime to change it? Because I've seen that on occasion. That's the only knock I have on Nick over the last two years. It's going to be a fun Sunday. Cannot wait. We'll be talking about it next week with you guys as it plays out. And then we'll be looking to the offseason, which is going to be incredible. I mean, look. There's already all this stuff that has happened leading into the offseason with teams hiring coaches and new coordinators and then player movement. And then obviously, Baldy, we got the combine coming up and we're going to start talking about evaluating these college guys. And 
we got a lot to look forward to. But Sunday, it's all about the Super Bowl. Yes, Super Bowl 57. Baldy, thanks so much as always. Have a great week, guys. Follow Baldy. Make sure you check out Baldy's Breakdowns, and you'll see him on NFL Network. We appreciate you guys being here with us in the huddle. Subscribe, tell your friends, and thanks for all the love, man. This thing is growing, and it's getting bigger and bigger each week, so thanks to you guys for uh, checking us out. By the way, before we go, fly, Eagles, fly. I like the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's hard for me to bet against the best defense, even though they're going up against the best offense. In those two situations in the past, in the Super Bowl, the best defense has always prevailed. So we've got two examples. I think we'll have a third on Sunday. I can't go against the Eagles in this one. It'll be close, but I got the Eagles winning the game. Baldy, take care. We'll see you next week, guys. Take care, Carl. Yep. Good job, buddy.